0: Hey, this is Red Beach from Whitesnake and Winger, and you're listening to Thunder Underground.
1: Welcome to episode 305 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent and Jason here as always. And this week, we can finally say Red Beach is our guest on this podcast. That's <laughs> something I've kind of hoped for since the very beginning. I don't know if you're in there with me, but I assume you are.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs>
1: the guitarist extraordinaire. Yeah, Absolutely. Red Beach, of course, forever a Winger, more recent days of Whitesnake, and of course a few other things like Black Swan and everything that we're going to be talking about here in a bit, but first got to let you know that we're sponsored DEB concerts, promoter based in Tulsa, that has brought a lot of killer acts to the downtown Tulsa area at the BOK Center and the IDL Ballroom, they also booked the Roadhouse stage at Rocklahoma the show on December 12th with Lita Ford was recently canceled, but if you like Lita Ford, no worries, because April 10th, downtown Tulsa, outdoors in front of the Ideal Ballroom, Queensryche will be performing with Lita Ford, Nita Strauss, and the Bullet Boys. Very cool lineup there. You can get all your ticket info, at debconcerts.com. Follow them on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram as well. We, of course, will keep you up to date on any other new additions to their calendar or any other reschedules as well. So keep it here and follow Deb concerts. Hell Hot Hot Sauce is a hot sauce company located out of the San Francisco Bay Area that makes small batch artisan hot sauces. You can check out their entire product line at their website, which is hellhothotsauce.com. You can also follow them on their socials both instagram and facebook are at hella hot hot sauce they do a lot of collaborations they've got a couple with some metal artists like ghoul has a sauce called brain jerk and florida frank from hate breed has a sauce called florida frank's florida heat we've got a lot of that and it's excellent stuff but it'll it'll burn your insides pretty good so if you're interested in hot sauce Get on hellhothotsauce.com and check out what they've got. If you're on the West Coast, you can find them in a lot of stores out there as well. Get on there and tell them we sent you. Sunset Tattoo. It's a tattoo shop in Midtown Tulsa. Their tattoos are done good and proper. They're state licensed. They are mother approved. Jake and his crew have over 25 years of experience. They do excellent work. You can see photo proof of all that work on their Facebook, which is Sunset Tattoo Tulsa. Their Instagram is also at Sunset Tattoo Tulsa. If you give them a call or shoot them a message, you can set up a time to get over there, talk about what work you want to have done. If you contact them, check them out, tell them Thunder Underground sent you. And finally, Med Farm is a dispensary in Broken arrow Oklahoma, 24683 East Highway 51, right off the highway. Can't miss them. Huge selection, and you can check it all out at Leafly.com. They've got a drive through If you call ahead or text ahead, they'll have your order ready while we show up. So that's very convenient. They also give 30% of their proceeds to build no-kill animal shelters, which is a pretty badass cause that we're very happy to talk about here. If you also mention Thunder Underground, they give you 10% off your first order. They're always running other specials as well, so if you follow them on our socials, Medfarm is P-H-A-R-M on Facebook, and Medfarm OK on Instagram. You won't miss any of that stuff. A huge thank you to Medfarm. All right. Before we get into this Red Beach stuff, let's uh play some music. Right. Okay, we're going to play a band here that we've played a couple times in the past, and we've actually had a member of this band on this podcast more than once. That would be Eric Kluber. This is Void Vader and their brand new single, I Can't Take It. Take It from Void Vader debuted that song about a week ago. It's going to be on their next album. It should be out sometime in 2021. Like I mentioned before that, Eric Kluber of Void Vader has been on here twice now. What do you think of that song?
2: That's uh, a great song. Um, we knew it would be. Uh, this is the kind of stuff that that's right in our wheelhouse. Yeah. You know, this just uh riffy high octane hard rock metal. You know, it's timeless. Uh, You know, you can't tell when it came out. Yeah. Which is great. You know, everything lines up with this song.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So check out Void Vader if you have not, if you dug that, which if you didn't, get your head checked, man. That didn't sound as cool as I thought it would before I said it, but get your head checked if you don't like Void Vader, but I'm sure you do. So look into their previous stuff. They've got a lot of stuff you can check out on all the normal channels. Bandcamp is the one though, that I'll say you need to go to support these guys. Definitely do that. Merch and all that great stuff as well. They've also got a video out for that song. that's pretty cool. And they did a cover of tie your mother down earlier this year as well. So check that out and tell them you heard about him right here on Thunder Underground. All right. So another thing before we get into red beach, Thunder Mother. Oh man.
2: I'm 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 excited. I'm excited <laughs> excited about just this. to talk about it. Yeah. Um, I I I'm just gonna jump right into it. Okay. Just uh, what, what a fucking band. Um, I I don't know where the fuck I've been for the last three or four years. Um, <laughs> you turned me on to this a couple weeks ago. Um, and this is you know of course, Thunder Mothers. They're from Sweden because it's fucking amazing rock and roll. It's just that it's kind of like what i was talking about with the void vader song it's just that sweet spot of heavy metal and hard rock um that just hits you know hits us it, it, it's it's custom fit to everything we like about you know this kind of music yeah um like you know if if you know if you like you know motorhead and uh, fucking ACDC, um, you know, and then newer stuff like Airborne or New Roses. I mean, this this is the fucking band for you. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can't. I I, I I don't even.
1: That timeless hard like, rock I don't, Yeah, I don't even know
2: why you're still. You, you should have turned this off and went and checked this out. <laughs> no. Well, Don't turn it off. But, I mean, th- this there's nothing shitty about. And see, that's the thing. is like it's not fucking corny. Um, I mean, this is just—it's great shit, man. It's great shit. Uh, you—you you told me about them, and I mean, I, I just devoured all of it. The records, I looked—I I, I looked them up on YouTube, watched a bunch of videos. Uh, it's—it's it's just fucking great. It, 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 I just wish it, it's just shit like that that makes me go, okay, see, look, this is why can't this kind of shit be more popular, right? It, it just—it sucks, you know. But uh, that. I don't, especially, you know, in America, they're, you know, people are never going to get
1: it. Uh, but, you know, I don't need to go off on that again. <laughs> well, nine times out of ten, if if you hear a rock band on the radio in America and it has a female vocalist, it's just formulaic bullshit music yeah, behind and, it. Yes, exactly. And exactly. that's the thing that jumped out to me about this immediately is that her voice is. Kind of reminiscent of Lizzie Hell's at times, Mm -hmm. but the big difference is, I actually like her voice a little bit better, and the music is tenfold better than anything Hellstorm's ever thought
2: about doing. Right, 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 definitely. (laughs) And you know, I kind of you know took a deep dive into this band, and uh, you know, they they started out like the guitar player. The guitar player is the only original member. They started out with a whole different drummer, bass player, singer. Okay, and uh, and you know she, it got all overhauled at one point. I'm not sure where, but I mean, so I don't, you know, I I haven't I haven't got to the point where I'm comparing eras yet. But I mean, just what I've heard, you know, I mean, it's just. So, was it a different vocalist on the album previous to this one? I'm not sure. I okay. I, I, I want to say it was like there's four albums.
1: Okay, I'll, I think I'll, it's, I always thought I, there was three. Damn,
2: I think it's two and two. Don't don't get me. Don't get me to lying though. <laughs> right. I could be wrong. So there's that. I think it's the first two and then the last two was is, who's, is who's there now. I think I could be wrong, but I'm pretty confident on that. Okay. It, it, it's just that, uh, it's kind of like that feeling you get when you hear, you know, I don't know, fucking the Biff Byford song, the lead single on that, that one. Oh, right, just you know in and, and countless other shows, yeah. oh, yeah, welcome to the show. It's just like you know it's this just ready to fucking get out into the world and fucking party and fucking go fast and all that shit that you know that we wanted to do when we were teenagers, and yeah. it makes you feel that again, and holy fuck, now I sound really old, <laughs> but man, I love this band. I really fucking love this band. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, it's like when you listen to, like you mentioned, Motorhead or ACDC mm-hmm. or anything back in the day. Even now, if I hear Motorhead, I kind of want to drink whiskey and fuck, right. you know. And it, <laughs> right when right. I hear Thunder Mother, I get that same feeling. Exactly. And I mean, this—it's one of those albums straight through that mm-hmm. all killer, no filler. And like we mentioned, we've got our. Best of 2020 thing coming up pretty soon, and I know that oh, a late entry. My both friend. of us, yeah, both of us, late entry. It will probably not there, set on our list. We haven't made them, but I right. mean, we probably knew pretty well what was in there. But now all of a sudden, we're like, well, both of us know this one's going to be on. Yeah, here. game changer, bro. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Sweden keeps proving that if you, if music gets released from there, it's higher quality than probably what you're listening to. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So yeah, check out Thunder Mother, all one word. All right, so Reb Beach, he just released a his first instrumental solo album here about a month and a half ago, maybe. Or no, it was early November because this interview we did with Reb was actually at the end of October. That's how okay. far behind we've got now. Yeah, yeah. Or about a month and a half ago, and his album was coming out about a week or so later. Because I remember he made the comment. He was surprised we hadn't heard it. I'm like, hey, you got to talk to John Freeman about that. (laughs) (laughs) But we had heard two or three singles at that point. And since then, obviously, we've heard the full album. Yes, I've listened to it. Yeah. And I mean, fantastic. I mean, you know it's going to be good just based off of how good he is. Mm -hmm. But if you're one of those people that enjoys listening to a Satriani album or an Eric Johnson album, or Steve Vai. I mean, he doesn't really sound like Steve Vai, but I mean, you know what I'm saying. That instrumental rock, of course. This is right in that, and I know that you're you're the one of those guys that that's always been one of your things for sure.
2: Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, when I heard he was doing one, I'm like, oh, definitely, I got to hear this because uh, he 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 was always one of the he was always one of the greats that kind of transcended that genre in a way. Uh, maybe just in the fact of like, even when, you know, grunge came in and, uh, you know, that kind of thing wasn't really hot anymore, the guitar magazines would still do things on them. Yeah. That sounds basic and that sounds kind of simple, but that was a big gauge for me, uh, you know, back then, whatever. And it's a great record and there's a lot of different, you know, Kind of a lot of different shades on this record, so... um, And he was a really fun guy to talk to, so, yeah. Yeah.
1: And I'm a massive fan of Winger. Mm-hmm. Have been since I first heard him when I was a kid, and still to this day.
2: And a massive fan, um, even massiver fan, of their album Pull, probably.
1: Oh, that's right. <laughs> and, well, yeah, that's something in this interview, I think I mentioned that, because he was talking about something, maybe it's Karma... Was talking about how is probably my favorite stuff since Pool, mm-hmm. and or besides Pool, actually, I mean, I love the first two albums, but it just kind of they went to another level with that album, in yeah. my opinion, right? And it's just it's another one of those albums from that era that it's not really lost. I mean, if people listen to that era, they know about it, but mm-hmm. it came out just a tad bit too late. Exactly, it's kind of like you know, Warren's Doggy Dog Eat yeah. Dog, or Skid Row's Subhuman Race, where it's got. Tons of amazing stuff on it, but not a lot of people know. A lot of the mainstream missed it because it came out right when grunge hit. You know, Mm -hmm. and and but you know, but yeah, you're exactly right. It's a
2: great fucking record. Yeah, and it sucks that it didn't get more, more play. That's for sure. But even Uh, their later stuff, Better Days, Cummins, great. Oh God, every fucking song on that album is just killer. Yeah. Uh, the thing I, I well the thing I always remember is me and you. I went came over to your house one day and we watched that home video of them recording.
1: Oh right! And
2: you know they're just it's so funny because it's like that you know Kip Winger he could probably go buy some Dom Perignon and some really fancy beer, but they've got. They're just there recording, you know, drinking natty lights, <laughs> cutting up and just being stupid. And, yeah. um, I just loved that. And that, that really kind of that, that endeared them to me even more, you know, And that, you know, it wasn't anything fancy. And, uh, I, I, I thought, I thought it, it would be cool if I could bring that up in the interview. But I could never find a way to bring it up where I didn't look like it was the fucking Chris Farley show, you know? Right. So I just was like, okay, I'm just not going to bring it up. What was I going to say? That was cool.
1: Remember that time you drank Natural in Yeah. Studio? Yeah, yeah, it was just, I wasn't going to
2: do that. (laughs) Wasn't going to go that route. But that's just one of my, uh, that's a good winger memory for me,
1: so. Yeah. (laughs) Well, he's also been one of the guitarists in Whitesnake now for Probably over a decade. Definitely. Uh, he did Dockin', he did Night Ranger. Yeah. And Black Swan made their debut earlier this year. Might have been January, actually. January February. Black Swan's album came out, and we actually got to talk about that earlier this year with the vocalist for Black Swan, Robin McCauley. Mm-hmm. That band also features Matt Starr and Jeff Pilson right. Dockin', and that's a fantastic album. In my opinion, it'll be on my list, I don't know about you, but it's definitely a fantastic album, and I can't even remember if we talked about it in this interview, it's been so long, but we've got a bonus thing coming up after this. Right. Or are we are talking a little bit about it. But if that's something that you're not familiar with, you've got Red Beach on guitar and Robin McCauley on vocals, I mean, really, that's all I need to know to be sold. Exactly. <laughs> Let's get into this. Here's Red Beach of Winger and Whitesnake. coming out next week i mean has this been something you want to do for a long time but this didn't have the time until this year without the touring schedule
0: kind of yeah since 1993 oh wow um yeah in in 93 winger went down in flames with every other 80s band (laughs) and i was thinking well man maybe i can be like a joe satriani kind of guy and do just guitar, instrumental music and not have to worry about vocals and lyrics and all that. And I can just do it all by myself. Um, and so I made demos. And I shopped them around, mostly in Japan. And everyone said, uh, we want vocals. We need vocals. And nothing became of it. So I started selling it on my website. The Fusion demos, just those demos I made with like an 8-track cassette recorder. And they sold like hotcakes. And I got all these comments and emails from everyone saying, this is the best thing you've ever done. So since then, I'm like, well, I got to make a record of this stuff one day. And it only took me 20 years. (laughs) 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 Um, Because I'm always touring. I'm a touring musician. And when I'm home, I'm writing. But I'm writing for stuff that has a deadline. That, uh, you know, there's pressure. So this was really more like a hobby that one day I, I wanted to release. And when COVID hit, I said, I caught up, Kip, of course, and said, Jesus, Kip, what do I do now? What are we going to do? He said, whatever happened to that fusion stuff that you've been working on forever? I said, oh, God, that's done. It's in sitting on my hard drive. That's a great idea. I'll just release that now. Just a little, you know, we have to put real drums on it, but that'll take a day and master it. It's no big deal. Mix it. So... That's why it's happening. That's why it's out. And if, if, if COVID hadn't hit, I'd be in, you know, Uruguay right now.
1: Right. right. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well,
2: you know, talk about ins-
0: constructing an, an instrumental
2: song as opposed to one with, you know, vocals. Um, the two that I've heard so far, I can kind of hear a pre-chorus, chorus thing. So kind of, kind of talk about the contrast with that.
0: Oh man. So you haven't heard the record. That sucks. That's no. too bad. Um, well, yeah, those two songs are um, not really. I mean, I guess they're indicative of the rest of it. There's all different kinds of music on there, but they all have the same uh, basic arrangement, which is, you know, melody. It's it's all it has to be melodic, um, stuff that sticks in your head, and it's very similar to writing a song with vocals when I do it. Uh, you know, it's not just big, long jams and, OK, I'm going to shred at the beginning and shred in the middle and shred at the end. And it's so I'm going to be a shredder record of all, you know, here's me. You know, no, <laughs> it's not. that. It, it's all it's songwriting. It's it's stuff that sticks with you. That's listenable that you want to hear when you're jogging or you're driving to work. Um, and it's uh, it's also it has dynamics. There's stuff that's rocking, and there's stuff that is kind of like Jeff Beck. Um, but it's very inside music. It's not like Alan Holdsworth or um, these jazz guys that have very complicated music that is really only for the discerning ear um, and with, that understands music. No, no, no. This is for Joe johnny smith you know (laughs) um and and that's what i was shooting for is something for your basic um music lover
1: gotcha like who else is on this with you as far as drums and bass go
0: it's the same drummer i played with since uh 2003 on masquerade my first solo album that had vocals which is a great record i'm very proud of that record that was the hardest thing i ever did was make that record um, and it got great reviews, and I'm definitely going to make Masquerade 2 one of these days. Um, but, yeah, Dave Throckmorton, I have a little band here in Pittsburgh where I live called the Red Beach Project, and uh, he's the, the only reason I do that is to get the chance and the honor to play with this guy. He played with Maynard Ferguson, and so he can play jazz stuff and rock, and he plays so fast that you can't even see his hands. He's unreal. Um, you can Google him, Dave Throckmorton, but we call him Throck. And then I use Steve Vai's bass player um, because someone told me about him and told me to watch him on YouTube and I did and he was perfect. He was funky and you know exactly what I was looking for and I called him up and he said sure. Uh, and then I have a local bass player here that I use in the Red Beach project. I use him on a few songs and Kip Winger knew a funk keyboard player um, who did has all the old sounds. The thing about this record, Is that I wanted to have those kind of '70s sounds, and the two songs that you heard aren't really indicative of what the whole album is about. It's it's like got some '70s grooves with like the clavinet and the Fender Rhodes and a real B three organ.
3: Nice.
0: So that's what I was going for. Um, and so I got that with Paul Brown, the awesome keyboard player who played on it. I played some keyboards. It's funny, on Infinito, that song that uh, that you heard, the first single that has the video, one guy made a comment and said, I'm sorry, Reb, but the bass player completely outshined you on this record. <laughs> and I replied and said, well, since I played bass on that song, um, I completely outshined myself. So, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so that,
2: that, that's that's a compliment in a way
0: <laughs> it, it was a compliment it made me feel good
2: really
1: <laughs> is this something that i mean obviously not right now but is this something you'd like to do live if the opportunity arose or is this you just looking and, at this as a studio thing
0: oh man no 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 last year i i went out and uh i saw joe satriani with uh, uh, john petrucci and phil collin and it was such a fabulous show i've always wanted to be part of an instrumental tour like g3 or like you know go out with yngwie and andy timmons and uli john roth and jennifer batten and those cool guitar things you can just play guitar all night long and have jams and you don't have to worry about singers and singing you know wingers like every five seconds you have to go na, 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 you know, <laughs> <And then laughs> while you're playing a really complicated lick This is just so much more up my alley. And um, I went backstage and talked to Joe, which was a great honor. I'd met him a few times before. I said, Joe, I'm doing this record. It's got like 70s vibe and it's all super melodic, very um, mainstream, kind of like your records. And um, I'd love you to hear it. And he said, listen send it to me as soon as it's done and I'll get you out on this tour. He said I'll take you out on G3 anytime, man. Oh wow. And so I'm, you know, I FedExed him a copy of the album <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> 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 and we'll see what happens, you know.
1: Well, speaking of winger, I know you've posted a couple updates in the past few weeks about you guys working on that album like how long how far along are you?
0: We wrote 10 songs, we're only using 5 of them. He's got this, he's got like the highest bar I've ever seen him have for a winger record. Um, I came in with 15 ideas and he shot them all down. He he said, this one's good and this one's good. The problem is, is that when I hear the first three chords, I know what the next three chords are going to (laughs) be. And I'm like, well, that's what it is. It's a, it's a rock riff. It's an eighties kind of rock winger riff. He said, yeah, but this has got to be something unique, something you haven't heard before. Um, and it's got to be something I can sing up like a great melody over. So um, it's great because I'll have those riffs just like I did for Black Swan. I'll have more riffs for Jeff, and he likes that. When I come in prepared, I brought Jeff 50 licks that Winger didn't use. For black swan and that's what black swan was we wrote the whole thing in 10 days because i'm a riff writer I'm, I'm and i'm not going like i'm the greatest in the world no it's that i'm really good at writing riffs it's one thing i'm really good at i'm terrible at everything else except for like soloing i'm okay but you know, i'm a great riff writer i just keep they just keep spewing out of me and kip plops me down in the middle of the studio And he knows not to sit in front of me and stare at me. He just walks around and texts and he goes and sits in the bathroom and just leaves me to my own devices for about 15 minutes until something comes up. He'll go, what's that? He'll yell from the other room. I'll say, I don't know. I'll "I'll be in. (laughs) Hang on. I'm coming in now. And He comes in and we start working on it and we bam, just take it from there. But it starts with the guitar riff and all the pressures on me when we are writing because you know, I'm I'm the I'm the guy who has to come in with the riff, and that's the most important thing when you're writing this kind of music. So, so with that bar pretty high, uh, this
2: will sit well
0: with uh, Karma and Better Days Coming. Completely, I already I like it better than Better Days. I, gotcha. I like it better than the last record already because it's totally cool riffs that I don't know how. We They came out of me, but they did, and and uh, they're very unique. And then how Kip is able to sing these pop melodies over this stuff, I have no idea. But that's what's cool about Winger. I mean, you think about Seventeen, the first day that we wrote together, um, I had that riff for Seventeen, and I played it for him, and I said, no, oh, this is nothing, it's just a little thing that sounds cool to me. And he said, well, that's a chorus. I'm like, you're crazy, it's not a chorus, it sounds like an intro or something. He said, no, I'll show you. That's a chorus. And so that's a pretty complicated riff that he sings a pop melody over. And that's sort of the cool thing about Winger, which is one of the things that sets Winger apart from a lot of the other bands from the genre, is that we're a little more progressive, yet it, you wouldn't know it you know, by first listen.
1: Well, yeah, and it's got to be good to have that, comp- to be able to compliment each other like that, something you don't notice that he notices, and then, then you've got the drums of... rod in there that's like exceptional as well
0: oh my god and it it is it's very unique but but you know the first time that that first day when me and kip wrote it was we wrote 17 Madeleine and time to surrender that first day and i felt like i had met the genius like the greatest person on the planet i i just i followed him around like a little dog like he was the big (laughs) dog walking down the street like dun 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 (laughs) I don't know. It's like, hey, Ralph, Ralph, what are we doing today, Ralph? Come on, <laughs> Ralph, you know, <laughs> unbelievable, man. And I just I, I worshipped him just for years. Uh, still kind of do. I mean, He's really, really something. He's a genius. And he's a, you know, he's into arranging and composition and he does it for uh, symphony orchestras and he writes his own music and charting it out for 76 piece orchestras so he takes my little riffs and makes a song in minutes. It's really, really amazing that I know him. And, and Winger's a great band, and I really look forward to this record. We'll yeah. see. I love Karma. Karma's a really good one.
1: Yeah, yeah, same here. That's that's probably my favorite Winger album besides Pool, actually.
0: Me too. I'm with you. Exactly. And that's what I hope this will end up being like, just another just hard rocker, but great hooks and just got the vibe. and. That's what we're going for.
1: Well, you mentioned, you know, working with Pilsen for Black Swan. And I, we just talked to Robin McCauley a couple weeks ago, and he mentioned that you guys were already thinking about the second album. Like, is that a thing that's happening? Or are you just like, is it just in the talks?
0: <laughs> Pilsen called me a couple of weeks ago and he was like, uh, I'm calling to tell you that Frontier's record has records has said that they will probably be interested in another Black Swan record and you know and he's calling me going like do you have any riffs because you better have some riffs because that's what all this stuff starts with and I said Jeff don't worry I've got tons of stuff for you and he's like oh god thank you thank you um, so we're, we're all set to do it yeah it was very successful for Frontiers and they definitely want another one um, and it's basically in the contract that if if it's does well, then we we need to do another one. And I'm all set to do it. And Jeff's all set to do it. We wrote that in 10 days. We'll bang it out again. Um, and, you know, when you got a guy like Robin McCauley singing, Jesus, I'm not that worried because I could just go dun 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 He can go, wow, yeah! He could just sing you know, anything over it and it would sound cool, <laughs> um, you know? So that's what's great about that. I mean, that guy really sings like that. That's how he sings now, and he's an older guy, and it's unreal. His voice is is better than ever. Um, so it's a really great band, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to do that for sure.
1: Yeah, that's definitely one of the best albums of 2020, in my opinion, so looking forward to see what you guys come up with next.
0: I agree. Oh, uh, right on. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah. And you know who's like so more excited about Black Swan than anyone is is Robin. He gets so excited just talking about about that record. He's so proud of it and he did so well on it. He's such a beautiful guy and um I'm so happy that that he that he loves it so much and 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 he has that record to show people how awesome he is. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, another band that you're a major part of is White Snake and you know talk about kind of taken over as the band leader after Doug left a few years ago.
0: Oh, gosh. I guess that was a pretty long time ago now. Yeah, like um, five, six years yeah. ago, I think. Yeah, I'm easy. I'm, I'm the easiest music director there is. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, we go to rehearsal, and Joel's like, you know, what if we add this part? And I'll be, great, sounds good to me. <laughs> cool. You know, once in a while I'll say no. Like, no, I hate that. We can't do that. Um, I work closely with David on the set list and stuff like that. It's really, you know, you don't get paid anymore for it. It's that you get the last, um, you know, they look to you to make the decisions on certain things. But honestly, it's always down to David. You know, we might come to a decision at rehearsal and then, take it to david and he'll say absolutely not <laughs> and that, it just won't happen anyway so it's david's band um it's just you know they need a i need an md to make the final decisions on stuff at rehearsal before david's there and um and to you know do the emails get all the guys together all the schedules and all that stuff it's really no big deal but it it was nice um it was cool being on the other side of the stage it's a little you get a little more you know um views <laughs> you're more visual you're more 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 seen on that <laughs> other side for some reason it's kind of the you know it's kind of the bigger side to be on
3: yeah.
0: well but there you know with Joel Hoekster in the band there, there's no bigger side to be on that guy is you know he's just so animated and charismatic up there yeah. he's amazing that, that that was kind of uh where we were going you know with the addition of Joel and what that brings to everything Wow, he's a great showman. He's got his shtick sch- up there. He's he looks fantastic. He's like eight feet tall, and <laughs> you know, plays a Les Paul. He's just perfect for the band. Um, you know, plays like no one else. He's he's like a machine. He's like a robot. He can play anything perfectly. Amazing, really. Um, he's uh, he's just a uh, you know, he's a rock star, and, and perfect for White Snake, Really, the blonde-haired god you know
1: awesome yeah it seems like there's always one of those blonde haired guys in there throughout the years (laughs)
0: that's what david likes that david loves that yeah well
1: with with white snake having so many legendary guitarists as part of their legacy like how do you maintain your your signature sound and still make it sound like white snake on these last few albums
0: oh geez um I you don't know, when I when I plug in the guitar and start playing, it just always sounds like me. So there's no, you know, conscious effort to I need to maintain my sound because it just sounds like me. So, um, you know, I, I split the solos evenly, totally, like you take this, I'll take that, and we each have eight solos, you know, during the set. Works out perfectly you know, Joel, I have zero ego. So it's like, Joel, take still of the night. Take take the Les Paul solos. You know, he's, he's the guy who does the John Sykes solos and I'll do the more bluesy stuff. Um, it's kind of more my thing. Works out perfectly.
1: Well, something else that you recently posted about was when you guys were recording or working on the Winger album. One of the days was whenever Eddie Van Halen passed and you said you had to stop working. So kind of talk about what the impact of him, not just passing on, but the impact of him on you personally throughout your playing career.
0: Well, I mean, when that horrible thing happened, I um, kind of looked back on my career and realized just how important the existence of Eddie Van Halen was and, um, You know, I I learned to tap from the picture on the back of that record They didn't have videos back then it was just a picture on the back of the record and the record was like no other record It was a new sound and the guitar was like nothing anyone had ever heard but his finger was in the wrong place on the wrong hand and That's what I I guess he's doing. He's doing it with that other finger. So I tried doing it with that other finger and got this whole new thing, took it in my own place, in my own direction. Um, and then, you know, lucked out enough to get my foot in the door at Atlantic Records and started Winger with Kip. Um, and formed this kind of glam-like band at the end of the 80s. And I realized that maybe glam rock wouldn't be around without van halen they were the first kind of glam rock band they had the spandex and the big hair and the great musicians and we sort of fashioned ourselves around that whole thing that was theirs you know that's what we were too we were great musicians and we wore the spandex with big hair let's be (laughs) van halen that's what we were kind of trying to go for you know um So I don't know that Winger ever would have existed or maybe existed, but I don't know about that. We would have been successful without Van Halen. I certainly wouldn't have been on the cover of magazines because I wouldn't have tapped. And if I didn't tap, I wouldn't be a shredder because all the shredding stuff I do is is done with tapping. So I owe it all to Eddie Van Halen.
1: Well, I remember I saw an interview with you where you talked about the impact that like Aerosmith and Kiss had on you at a young age. So if, like if Van Halen never came along, do you think you would have probably went more in that route? Of I would have style? been
0: more of a I would have been more of a blues player. I wouldn't have yeah. tapped. I would have just been you know like a Joe Perry kind of guy, which is cool too. But I don't know if I would have made it. You know, <laughs> I think the thing that was cool about me is that I played kind of fast. You know, right? Yeah. Did you ever get the chance to perform, or did you guys ever
1: play on a stage with Van Halen on the same bill, or no?
0: No, they were too cool. Okay. for winger they were way, way to you know there's certain bands that we'll never play with because they're just too cool <laughs> <Get> you. <laughs> you know you'll never see queen and winger you know right. <laughs> never happened <laughs>
1: all right man well we appreciate you taking some time out to talk to us this evening
0: oh i loved it it was great thank you yeah thank, thank you very much my pleasure anytime
1: there you go Reb beach Of Winger, Whitesnake, Black Swan, a huge thank you to John Freeman of Freeman Promotions. And of course, a massive thank you to Red Beach for taking some time there to talk to us about his brand new solo album, and of course some Winger and Whitesnake stuff as well, and his newer band, Black Swan, that debuted earlier this year. And speaking of that, we've got a little segment here with Robin McCauley. Oh, nice. Yeah. We actually had Robin on the podcast a little bit after Black Swan came out earlier this year. Right. And then, when we did our Eddie Van Halen tribute episode, Robin was gracious enough to call in and talk about Eddie Van Halen for a bit. And in that conversation, he also talked a little bit about working on the second Black Swan album and working on a solo album that he's got coming out next year at some point. So... We did not, of course, play that part on the Eddie Van Halen tribute episode, and we saved it for now, since it relates here to Rev Beach. There you go. Since he's a part of Black Swan. So this isn't, you know, it's like, I can't remember how long this is, probably five, six minutes. So let's jump into this and hear what Robin McCauley has to say. Well, you, you mentioned, yeah. you know, Michael Schenker was, you know, already established whenever Eddie came out. But another guy you play with, especially recently, Reb Beach and Black Swan is more his style oh, is more akin God, yeah. to Eddie. Like, what do you hear from him that might be something that he picked up from Eddie? Yeah, he,
4: he actually posted immediately. He said he was in the studio working with, with Kip. And when, when they received the news and he says he just couldn't work for the rest of the day, he just stopped doing what he was doing. It just he was so devastated by the news. And he posted it uh, and was making a comment like, this can't be true. It just can't be true. And he goes, I'm, I'm just worthless. I'm not able to do anything now. And uh, working with Reb, um, which was huge for me. Um, that man has—he's so talented. His his depth of melody is just absolutely tremendous. Um, great songwriting, and uh, now we have something like this. You know, I think guitar players like Reb, etc., will uh, will carry the Eddie flag for as long as they can uh, with honor, as opposed to you know trying to to go, okay, I'm the new Eddie Van Halen, I don't think you'll ever see anything like that. Um and, and I hope they they continue to, to to fly the the Eddie Van Halen flag because I don't know, will we ever see anybody like that again? You know? Um yeah. I hope there's a I I believe there's another black swan record coming out, so I can't wait uh I can't wait to hear what what Reb's gonna come up with for the next one, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Is that something you guys are working on already, or in the uh we're' not working
4: process? on it currently. We're not expected to do that till I think into the sort of early part of the year uh I'm working on uh on some solo stuff right now um that I'm about two thirds of the way through um because the label thought I should sort of <laughs> keep some form of momentum yeah <laughs> <laughs> um. I really didn't want to do it because after Black Swan, I went, where do I go from there? Because I just, I, I love the record. I know that sounds biased, but uh, I think it's a great record. And I really didn't want to do another record after it because, because um, I didn't expect that we would write a record like that, but we did. Um, and it was great. And when you have somebody like Jeff Pilson and Matt Starr in there as well, it's, it's, it's a great piece of work, but uh, there'll be another Black Swan. And in the meantime, uh, I've been writing some stuff uh, um, for solo, the, you know, more of the same because they won't let me do what I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that. People don't know you doing that.
1: <laughs>
4: Isn't that you the know? point of a solo record?
1: though? You know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Isn't that the point of a solo record, though, to do what you exactly. want that people
4: aren't used to? Thank, thank you, Trent. That is the, For <laughs> me, that is the point. And there's the point: they're going, no, people know you for this, and I go, they, people don't know me. Period. So you know, <laughs> right. so there you have it. But anyway, <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. You know, just happy to be, just happy to be working. Absolutely.
1: Well, I'm looking forward to hearing your solo work in the next Black Swan. The the current Black Swan's probably one of my favorite albums of the year, and I appreciate you taking oh, thank, the time to talk to me about Eddie Thank you. You, thank you.
4: Thank you. Um, you know, uh, long live. Eddie Van Halen. Long live Eddie Van Halen. It'll be interesting to see what happens at this point. You know, there was so much talk about uh, Tammy coming back to do something. I know David uh, started his sort of Vegas-style show also and and was doing some shows with with Kiss. So um, we'll see what happens at this point. I'm sure there'll be lots of... uh, tributes paid to him as as the as the months continue. And 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 of course the fact that, you know, we are restricted regarding live work, but I'm sure I'm sure something will be will be planned.
1: There you go, Robin McCauley A huge thank you to Jody Best of Best Bet Promotions for her continued support. And like I mentioned that was an excerpt from our talk with him for the Eddie Van Halen tribute, episode two ninety two. So you can hear what Robin had to say about Eddie Van Halen on that. Of course, Red Beach talked a little bit about him here just a bit ago. Right. And if you want to hear more Robin McCauley, episode 255, exactly 50 episodes ago. He was our guest on this podcast talking about Black Swan and Michael Schenker and all his other his stuff. So,
2: yeah, it was uh, a very nice man. I enjoyed his positivity.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's one of those guys that seems like. I would think he's probably positive all the time. Yes, I got that vibe from him. <clears throat> yeah,
2: I, you're definitely more of the MSG guy. Admittedly, don't know too much about that world, uh, and I still found I found him to be a very interesting guy. Yeah, uh, quite the gentleman.
1: Right. So yeah, with all that being said, check out that Black Swans debut album. It is fantastic. You'll be hearing more about that probably here in a few weeks, but until then. A huge thank you once again to Robin McCauley, and a massive thank you to Reb Beach for making his debut here on our podcast. If this is your first time listening, we greatly appreciate it. Besides that previous episode with Robin, we've had, man, I guess from this, I would say from the world of 80s melodic rock and hard oh, rock man. and all that. So many. Yeah, we've racked them up over the years. Right. It started with Joey Allen of Warrant. And from there, we've been fortunate enough to have on Frank Hannon multiple times. Yep. We've had on Mark Kendall a couple times from Great White. We've had on...
2: Two dudes from Trickster. Dude, we got fucking dudes from Kiss and Def Leppard on this motherfucker.
1: That's right. Two Hall of Famers right there. I mean, come on. More than one guy from Kiss. Right. Of course, one forever member of Kiss, and then we also had Bruce Kulik on here. Then we've had... Dizzy Reed of Guns N' Roses. Yep. We've had guys from Lillian Axe, Firehouse, Bullet Boys, L.A. Guns, Junkyard. A long-ass list when it comes to that genre of music. Right. And then we've also had on guys from, hell, Seven Dust, Crowbar, and
2: Megadeth, Shooter yep.
1: Jennings, Megadeth. A lot Megadeth. of thrash guys.
2: Testament. <laughs> Super Joint, Testament, yeah. yeah.
1: So just dig through it all. Three hundred and four. Episodes before this one that you can check out, thethunderunderground.com You can listen right there. Pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe, follow, so you don't miss future ones. We're also on YouTube at the Thunder Underground. We've got a lot of videos. We had a video debut about the brand new single from August Burns Red. They did a cover of System of a Down's Chop Suey. We've also done recent videos on Metallica, Alter Bridge, Hatebreed, Napalm Death. So check all that out. Follow us on all our socials. Buy some merch. All that great stuff. It's all at the website. It's all on Facebook. Pretty much anywhere. Just Google us. After you get past the Aussie stuff, you'll find us. (laughs) All right. Coming up here in just a few days, we're going to keep it in this era. So if you listen to this because you like Winger or Whitesnake, then you might like Nelson as well. And we've got one half... Of them coming up, and that would be Matthew Nelson. And then next week, we might have—we haven't got it set, but we've got an episode with Fred Lucklerk from Creator and Dragon Force coming up. We've got one with Wayne Lozenak from Hate Breed coming up. Hell yeah! We've got Eric the Trainer coming up. We've got Eric Bass coming up. We've got Austin Moe. There you go, Austin Moe. We've got that coming up, and I'm sure there's something I'm forgetting, but uh. It'll be coming soon.
2: I think you're going to be talking to, I think Ryan Meat from Besla might (laughs) be coming. I don't know.
1: I don't know. Anything's possible. We can have that guy from that band coming soon. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, in other words, one of the bands we just mentioned with the member that's been on here multiple times, there'll be a different member from that band (laughs) calling us in a few days to possibly be on here in the coming weeks. They've also got a brand new autobiography coming out. First autobiography from that band. A member of that band, I mean. So, more stuff to look forward to. Once again, a huge thank you. Freeman Promotions, DEB Concerts, Sunset Tattoo, Farm, and Hella Hot Hot Sauce. Check out Matthew Nelson here in a couple days. And until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all.